This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on the show, we're throwing dice, shooting each other with laser guns, and rewriting Dune history. Welcome to Gom Jabbar, your guide to the iconic world of Dune. We'll be exploring the themes, philosophies, and characters found in the sandy depths of this vast universe, from Frank Herbert's groundbreaking novels to the adaptations on film and TV. My name is Leo. And my name's Abu. And we have a whole other type of episode today. Uh, (laughs) Same two people, (laughs) same great universe that we're talking about, but this is exciting. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, totally different kind of episode today if the length of today's episode and <laughs> the title didn't give didn't uh, clue you off to that, but uh there's a bit of a backstory here. So, yeah. we're going to be later on in the episode in a little bit here, we're going to actually toss to a pre-recorded interview that you and I did with someone on Reddit that I reached out to. So, I saw a Reddit post a couple of weeks back by someone who posted about this indie board game indie dune board game that they were developing and they sort of showed off some screenshots and were asking if people were interested and wanted to play test and it looked beautiful the the art was beautiful the uh, the presentation was extremely clean and i was immediately interested like if this was someone who wanted to kickstart this board game I, i was game uh so i reached out to him and um turns out he was really open to uh, talking about the game with us. And uh, he like loved the idea of coming on the podcast and telling us more about his process and his inspiration. Uh, So we recorded that interview with him last week. Uh, I should probably say his name. His name is (laughs) Martin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was fun to, there's a couple of, there's a couple of levels of this. That was a lot of fun. Of course, as massive Dune fans, if if you're listening to this episode, hopefully you've heard how much we love the universe. To have an opportunity to play a game that is new and exciting and fun to get into, fast to get into, to play a game that's set in the Dune universe is already just a lot of fun. But talking to Martine and seeing how much he also really loved the universe Mm -hmm. and to see, like... I've played a lot of board games and tabletop games in my life, and I've played some some great dice games. To see a game that is in development was a lot of fun, and we had a blast talking. And you'll hear you'll hear that interview, and then afterwards we'll talk a little bit about our impressions of what the game was like and what we thought of it. And uh, and and we've got a a little treat for you at the end. So definitely hang out. Don't don't yeah. don't stop. Don't. Don't please miss. keep listening please <laughs> please that's like an evergreen plea like please listen to us <laughs> okay here's the interview <laughs>
start by telling us uh, your relationship with Dune. What's your history with the franchise? We take it you're a big fan? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. When I was like in my teenage years, I, I read the books, of course, and then I kept reading them, uh, as, especially the Frank Herbert uh, uh, books as, uh, as primary uh, for, for the Dune world. Yeah, and then yeah, of course I watched the uh, the miniseries and the, and the, and the movies, and yeah, they weren't that great. And especially if you <laughs> rewatch them again, then so I'm 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 really hoping for a, for a good June at the end of the year, if that's uh, if that's even uh, remotely possible with the uh, with the Corona pandemic. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, when you when you had the Siri. Uh, voice assistant and also the Google voice assistant. I make them call me uh, God Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> so I wow. think uh, that's kind of a measure of uh, how much I like Dune and uh, how, how much I want to be in that world. You're also, you're aligning yourself pretty heavily with a particular cause, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right away. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Martin of House Atreides. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> House of Trades. He's just, Martin. You're just on the golden path. That's yeah. all. Oh yeah, you're, you're committed yeah. to the golden path. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, also with this uh, board game and uh, <laughs> and thereafter. Who knows? So I'd actually, yeah. Let, let's hear about the game. So uh, Abu and I just played a little bit of it, but I think for people listening, uh, what uh, tell us about the game? What's the basic premise? Uh, yeah, walk us through it. Yeah. So the the the, the premise of the game is. Um, it's a dice game. It's a card dice game. And the idea is, it's, it's well, we call it now Battle for Arrakis. I'm not sure if that's going to be the, the, the final name. But yeah, it, that's the title. So you battle for Arrakis. And <laughs> you do that with, uh, with dice. So the idea of the dice is they are your troops. And some of the, uh, so we selected 18 regions on the planet Arrakis. That you want that you fight for so all the players choose a faction or randomly pick a faction and then they fight for arrakis and after 30 to 45 minutes all of arrakis is taken either by players or if uh, players can't take the region card then you flip it over and you and it gets infested by worms <laughs> so you you yeah. can't mm-hmm. uh, uh, take it anymore but after 30 to 45 minutes uh, after some battling of uh, conquering uh, regions from other players or from Arrakis itself. Then you finish the game and then the, the one with the most uh, victory points on the Arrakis or region cards win. And normally with dice games, you, it's very chaotic. Mm-hmm. It's very random. Yeah. And I don't always like that mechanic. <laughs> and that's and that's why we introduced uh, the spice as well. So you can uh, harvest or you can get spice if you take regions. And if you use the spice, you can change the face of the uh, of the dice to whichever face you like, and that really helps uh, getting rid of the randomness, but still having some randomness as well to have a playful uh, uh, a playful adventure. So, so the the randomness becomes more strategic. Like if you if yeah. if random turns out to totally ruin your life, you can invest uh, <laughs> this resource spice to to turn the tides a little bit yeah to turn the tides or uh, you can use spice to uh, activate uh, faction abilities all the factions or all the houses of, uh, households in june um, they have their own abilities that are suitable for uh, for the for their houses cool yeah uh, and you have action cards as well 
not too many. You can only uh, get one at the end of uh, each uh, each turn. And with that, you can also influence the dice or influence what happens. So, yeah, we try to keep it really small and really simple. And also, yeah, not too many rules. Uh, you want to set it up within, yeah, or you can set it up within a few minutes and you can start playing already. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually what I noticed before we hopped on this interview with you. You gave me and Leo access to your sort of private test server and we played through a round of the game. You weren't there with us, but... I would say Leo and I picked it up very quickly. Yeah. It took maybe yeah. like one or two turns each before we we under, totally understood the flow of the game. And uh, like every player's turn is very clear cut. There's three phases. And eventually, uh, you know, a couple of turns into the game, Leo and I were like strategizing. We were, yeah. we were making like big money plays. We were <laughs> countering and like nice. cross countering against each other. Uh, and we were thinking like long-term strategy, you know, and, and, I liked that it was so simple to pick up. Was that a goal from the very start? Like this should be easy to learn? Yeah, that was always one of the goals. Um, I really like that because um, every Friday uh, we have board game night at my house. Oh, cool. We have some friends there. And <laughs> sometime, some, some people are not really into the big board games and some are. And I, I really wanted to have one that's a little bit strategic, but still fun and also feels small. So uh, you, you wouldn't deter new players or... Um, unseasoned players uh, can also just pick it up. E even people without knowledge of Dune can also pick it up. Uh, yeah, so we we play tested with a few friends, and th they were self proclaimed geeks, but they <laughs> didn't read Dune. So right. I, I was a little bit shocked by that. But yeah, yeah, how they played geeky it. can you really be? I mean, yeah, if, if, you, <laughs> if, if you haven't read Dune, then yeah, you shouldn't be called a geek. I think, but. Yeah, they 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 could just play it, and they understood uh, what was happening. Um, overall, uh, yeah, it plays fine, and that was one of the goals to just keep it simple, uh, have a short uh, short setup time and short rules, and just uh, just keep playing. I would say on the flip side of that, Leo, you and I, as big Dune fans, yeah. actually had a lot of fun playing through, like looking through the cards yeah. and reading the descriptions, and like the. I, I can totally see the game being accessible for someone who doesn't know anything about Dune because the mechanics are very easy to pick up. But as Dune fans, it was kind of funny to like role play, you know, like you, you were Shaddam the fourth, like we each right, had right. a leader card. I was Paul, you were Shaddam and you happen to draw the Kwisat Hederet card. Right, right. And so <laughs> in our playthrough, Shaddam the fourth was the Kwisat Hederet. <laughs> it is, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you mentioned like, one of the possible endings of the game is a lot of the territories have been lost to worms, right? And yep. if the players accidentally cripple their own economies, you could end this narrative playthrough with the world, the whole planet being turned over to, to worms, yeah. which is such an interesting... I mean, I had fun, but also Abu and you and I, like we created this story in the Dune universe using this Dune vocabulary that was fun. I also was going to say personally, yeah, quick to pick up. It was a lot of fun just on a, on, a, on a gameplay level. But I also had this sort of good balance of I want to see more action cards. I want to see how this plays out. And this 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 desire to learn and experience the narrative of this game. It was fun. It was cool. Yeah. So, Martime, I'm wondering, like, if we can back up a little bit, what was your inspiration for the game? Like, would you what? 
other board games would you say this is pretty equivalent to? Like if you enjoyed X, you would enjoy Battle for Arrakis. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult one. I think if you like, um, yeah, we play a lot of uh, King of Tokyo. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that board game. No, um, but that sounds but, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you play as um, as real big monsters, and you try to take over Tokyo with uh, dice. Um, and it's a really fun game. It's uh, it's made by um, I, I can't remember his first name, but uh, Mr. Garfield, and he also was the creator of Magic: The Gathering. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Richard so, Garfield. Yeah, yeah wow. some some idea how to balance stuff, I think. And yeah, that that is a dice game where you yeah fight for Tokyo, and you have another game called Pico Mino was the English name, um, and where you play for rainworms, and mm-hmm. and that's also with dice, and it's this is some kind of a combination with that of those two games, and. That was also a little bit the inspiration uh, when we when we had the idea uh, like six months ago. We were playing a Picomino, that's the rainworm game, and I was thinking this would be funny if this was in the Dune setting. And then the ball started rolling, and we combined mechanics and added mechanics to it, and play tested a lot and iterated, and together with uh, with my group of friends, uh, whom I play uh, board games with on Friday. Well, you know. Abu and I, when we played, uh, clearly the game mechanics are there and it's, it's by the core of it is fun. It's a lot of fun. And then it's got this great Dune kind of vocabulary attached to it. Now on that topic regarding the sort of Dune vocabulary and the, the intellectual property, have you in this development process reached out to the sort of Herbert estate? Um, is that kind of a concern about like future elements what is that kind of yeah, domain yeah that's a big worry for us um yeah we, that's kind of the giant sandworm in the room <laughs> yeah that's that's really the giant sandworm in the room that's that's waiting hovering above me and yeah i, I try to to walk without rhythm to uh to survive here in my, in my little house but but yeah that, that that's that's a big issue because uh, it really feels nice with the Dune lore and the IP. Uh, you really feel like you're playing a Dune game and you feel like you're taking part in the universe. And not getting the IP is a possibility. I think it's a big possibility. Right. I'm not sure why, because uh, we tried to contact them. Uh, we sent them a few emails. Um, we tried looking at um, people uh, who work there on LinkedIn uh, to find out, okay, who are they and what are their email addresses and then try not to be too uh, overly uh, forcing or, right, uh, right. yeah, you want to keep it simple and brief. And uh, But yeah, it's a, it's a total silence from their point. Wow. So that's a, that's a bit of a, uh, uh, of a letdown uh, because a no is also fine. And then we know what we're, you know, what right, we're working right. with. And right. It, it lets you know what your next steps are if they just give you an answer. Yeah, that's why we're also looking for, yeah, gaining some traction with uh, with online groups as well in the hope that um, we can create some enthusiasm and that the people from uh, the Herbert Estate or from Guildforce 9 see that. Yeah, and, kind and, of and, legitimacy, and have right? Have the ID. Yeah, that's what we're... That's why we're reaching out now a little bit uh, to the outside because I'm a bit scared of publishing too much artwork because, yeah, that's all owned by Dune. Right, right. And and if this game is 
been published by me or by our group as a self-publishing, um, yeah, we have to pay royalties or rights or whatever. So I don't really want to do that without permission. <laughs> right. And it's also <laughs> right. impossible yeah. without permission as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the last thing we want because, we yeah, we like Dune and we think this, this could add to the Dune universe as well. And and again, honestly, it's to, to Abu's point and to your point, like if they told you no, I would still love to play the game that you've built just with a different vocabulary. It's fun. It's a fun game, but all the better because it's a fun game and because you've so clearly done your homework in building a fun experience. They have so many reasons to work with you rather than like, you know, throwing away this opportunity. Yeah, we're we're really forcing the yes or no, or we're trying to force it because then then we can continue. Because yeah, we're looking at self publishing, and we're looking at Kickstarter. Um, I've been in contact with uh, some uh, manufacturing companies here in Europe as well to have it built and and made as well, and it's pretty fun. I, I never did that, and I, I had no idea what the costs were, and it's pretty fun to go in that world and learn. Uh, how everything works there as well. So getting yeah. custom dice is quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, yeah, printing and putting everything in foils and combining everything together in a, in a, in a box and all that kind of stuff. It yeah. all adds to the money. And I hear spice is actually pretty expensive too. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're going to put real spice in every box. Yeah. That's going to bring yeah, the cost up. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we yeah we we wanted to have something fun if we ever went the Kickstarter route to have a, a, a tier that you can back, and then we wanted to add cinnamon to the box. So if you open the box, that you would smell some kind of. <laughs> oh, that's like that's nice. Uh, that you know, so would be fun. Three D printed Chris knife would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. actually, to to wrap up, you, you keep bringing up Kickstarter. Uh, the final question that Leo and I wanted to ask you was. What's uh what's your timeline look like? You said you have spent six months developing and testing the game thus far, and you you've started to do outreach and research. Um, what's the timeline look like, and when will people be able to play the game if everything goes right for you? Yeah, so we're we're creating playtest sessions online uh, as we speak to uh, to yeah to have uh, strangers play it strangers like you guys uh and 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 really find out okay uh, are the rules clear um where can we tweak where do we need to balance um what what action cards do we need to rewrite and so that's a process for i think the next two months and after that um yeah for for us we can we can publish we can create the artwork in those in that time as well um so for us, it can go really fast. We 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 should be able to to deliver all the artwork uh, if necessary within two months, and within wow. those two months as well, uh, doing play testing and tweaking tweaking the mechanics. But I think um, that that's doable for us. Um, yeah. Are yeah, there plans sure. for a Kickstarter? Will you will you launch a Kickstarter when you're ready in two to three months? Yeah. So if we have the IP. Uh, then we want to probably launch a Kickstarter, but we also want to reach out to publishers as well because um, game publishers don't really like it if you uh, go your own course and do your own Kickstarter because they really like it if you go through them and use their marketing as well and get their marketing materials and people working on it as well. So we're, we're, yeah, we're a bit waiting on, on, on getting the no or the yes for the IP. Uh, I'm more leaning to the negative side that we we won't get it, but 
that's that's going to be a shame if that's uh, if that's the case. But yeah, I, I don't expect it to be to be honest. Right. Well, Martin, thank you so much for your time. This was a super enlightening interview. Thank you for giving giving us a little peek behind the scenes at your at your development process. Um, I think we're super excited for the game, and we and we can't wait to see more from you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe this is the start of a new venture for us as well. Maybe we should maybe after this is successful, we can uh, we can create a, a game board company or maybe a, <laughs> there you go. Be game designers and then as Le- well. Leo and I can Leo and I can take credit for making <laughs> making you famous. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe we can send you one free copy that you have to share. Hey, <laughs> amazing! That would be nice. <laughs> that would be great. If nothing else, that was so much fun to have that conversation with him. You know, quality, sense of humor, great guy, a lot of fun. Yeah, totally. Fingers crossed on that whole IP thing because it does sound like he's got this big battle ahead of him. You know, the his tone of voice as he's saying, I, I expect not to get it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. oh. Yeah, to- he's totally resigned. I- I'm a little too hopeful that he'll make it work. Yeah, um, I-, I think he's he's got a... a a much more realistic approach to it. But we got our hands on the prototype version of the game. He gave us a special link right, right. to uh, to his test server. And Leo, you and I have actually now played, what, maybe two or three entire playthroughs of the game, maybe two and a half. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we've spent quite a bit of time with it. What did, what were your impressions of it? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll say I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I, as a Dune fan, I was having such a blast, right? Like, not only is it just a fun game, but the, the distinct feeling of like, you know, there was a time in our last game where you were a, uh, spacing guild ambassador and you played the Kwisatch Haderach card. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that is just so funny to me. Yeah. Just imagining if our game, if yours and my game, was a chapter in Dune, just imagining right. character so, reactions. Sort of role-playing it. Yeah, exactly, role-playing it. Yeah, and as as Dune fans, I think part of the joy, especially the first couple of times we played, was whenever we picked up one of those action cards, you'd pick it up, turn it around, look at it, and you'd see Stoneburner. Right. And right. If, if you're a Dune <laughs> fan... Before you even read the description of the card to learn what it does, you kind of already know. (laughs) And maybe you even have some, like, emotional reactions to (laughs) this action card. Yeah, I I really hope Martin is able to work out that Dune IP or find find enough backing and resources to be able to pay whatever licensing fees he has to to make it work. Uh, I I wish him all the best with that, uh, because this is a game I truly would want to buy and play uh, with friends, whether they were Dune fans or not, which, you know, you and I are on an epic mission to make everyone a Dune fan by the end of 2021. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if we've accomplished our mission, everyone will want to play this board game with us. And hopefully we'll see it available. Um, well, hopefully uh, Martin will be able to figure out the IP issues and launch a Kickstarter or get enough backing. Uh, it, it's truly a treat. And something to keep in mind is you and I are right now just playing an early prototype. Right, Martin right, said in right, the interview, right. it yeah. took him six months to get the game to this prototype stage. And while it feels like a finished game, 
it's still far from truly balanced. All of the action cards right. yeah. are all all of the like faction abilities aren't finalized. They could still change. The art, of course, is still something that Martine said he was working on and developing. So we we just played a prototype, and the fact that a prototype this early in the process felt so fun and felt so complete is a testament to his abilities to to really put that together and a testament to how much work he's put into it. So uh, I, I'm glad we got a chance to reach out to him and to talk to him for this episode today, and I'm glad he was he was open enough to give us access to the game. I feel like we've talked a lot about, during the interview, we talked a lot about it, and now we're talking a lot about kind of our impressions of the game, but I think it's time to tell people yeah, the good this news. Is, this has got to be really aggravating to our list. <laughs> I know, right? Like, <laughs> Hey, we played this really cool thing without you. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> it uh, was so much fun. Just believe us. <laughs> just imagine as much fun as you've ever had, and it was more than right. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, our listeners don't have to imagine. It's true. It's true. This is, oh, it it feels good. It feels good. We we were talking to Martine about it, and we played the game on Tabletopia, and Martine agreed that it would be awesome. It would be a lot of fun to get more eyes on the game and to get more impressions out there. So we have a link that we're going to be sharing in the show notes. That for a limited time, if you, dear listener, want to. Try your hand at capturing the beautiful sandy terrain of Dune. <laughs> you have the option of playing this beta on Tabletopia for a limited time. Uh, again, if you're hearing these words the day that this episode came out, you've got T minus 30 days from now. So go, <laughs> go, go, go. Right. Get your hands on it. And in addition to the link, the special link that Martine gave us to the Tabletopia server where he's testing the game, we'll also be linking his website where he has contact information, where yeah. you can reach out to him to learn more. And I'm sure he'll be posting updates about his development there. Send him your feedback. Once you've played the game, let yeah. him know, like, this is what we thought of it. Here, Here's what we think could be improved. Like, Martine told us that he wants to get this feedback from people. He wants to hear, uh, you know as big a group of people as possible uh, voicing their concerns or their excitement for the game so that he can continue to fine tune and develop it as he gets closer and closer to uh, a potential Kickstarter or closer and closer to release. So check out those links in the show notes. Those are exclusive for our listeners. So thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of the Gam Jabbar podcast journey. And this is our little treat to you, courtesy of Martine. Uh, so check out that link. Please t test out the game and let Martine know what you think. And with that invitation, that open, encouraging invitation, that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. We will, with our next episode, be returning to our standard, lovable format of exploring way too deeply some minuscule <laughs> part of the Dune universe. But really overthinking. Everything. Way, way overthinking, but also having a blast doing it. Yeah, thank definitely. you, you know, thank you for joining us today and uh, look forward to we've got some really awesome episodes in the works that I personally can't wait to uh, to share with you. Well, friends, there is no real ending. It's just the place where you stop the recording. But this podcast is always one step beyond logic. So help spread the word of Mwadib and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And be sure to check out the other shows on the Lore Party Podcast Network on loreparty.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lore underscore party. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, he who controls the podcast controls the universe. We'll see you on the Golden Path. <laughs>